ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Monday Motivation. Hi everyone, boy, it is good to be missed. Thank you for all of you who messaged me wondering what in the world happened last week. Well, it was the second day of Shavuos on Monday, and therefore it was a holiday, Jewish holiday, and could not do any recording. And boy, oh boy, it is wedding season in general and for the Garfinkels. So I said, you know what, let me... Move on from that week and not do it later in the week, and people will be ready and rocking and rolling for this week. But yes, it is wonderful to be missed. Thank you for all of your messages, and we are back better than ever with this week's podcast, Wedding Season. Well, it is wedding season. It's wedding season in general for the world, the summertime with the nice weather, <clears throat> people planning their weddings four years in Oh, sorry. Uh, Three years in, well, many years in advance. And they picked that nice summer season to get married. We feel blessed that our second daughter, God willing, will be married two weeks from this Monday motivation. So, oh my goodness, what's going to be in two weeks? Stay tuned. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to record it early. We'll see. But I did want to share with you in this theme some of the beautiful experiences I had in this last weekend in Boston uh, for my future son-in-law's Ofrof. Ofrof, no, this is not a, <laughs> this is not doggy time. Woof, woof. It's called an Ofrof, which means to be called up to the Torah. It's a beautiful custom that the groom is called up to the Torah, usually the weekend before the wedding, but due to scheduling, it ended up being a couple of weekends before the wedding. In addition, today, so my son speaking, I, we flew early Friday morning. We got in Friday to Boston, had a beautiful Shabbos with our future son-in-law, Shua, and all of his wonderful friends, and then uh, took an early morning Sunday flight to come back today to be able to perform a wedding of two absolutely incredible projects, six or teen participants, which we will touch on, God willing, a little bit later in the podcast as well. So it is full on this weekend wedding and the specialness. And I cannot convey to you, I'm going to try to convey to you the specialness of what it means, a Jewish wedding. So what is a Jewish wedding called? And I think, you know, uh, the expression of what's in a name, the name really tells it all. What, what do we call marriage in Judaism? And the main word that we use is called kiddushin. Kiddushin comes from the Hebrew word kadosh. Okay, great. So what does kadosh mean? Kadosh means holy. Oh, holy. Cool. That's, <laughs> that's one of those words that's just about as uh, <clears throat> helpful as phylacteries. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I get those. Or a tabernacle, or a Pentecost, or any of these great English words that actually mean well nothing. I mean, people think holy maybe maybe holy is a little bit easier to access, but we're going to define holiness right now. Fasten your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. What does it mean to be holy? And we are going to demonstrate it from a shocking source in the Torah. 
there is in Genesis, in Bereshis, a shocking story of Yehuda and Tamar. Yehuda, which the entire Jewish people basically are named after him. Yehuda is Judah, Judaism. He was one of the 12 tribes. He was the main one. He was the one who was the Malchut, the kingship. And we believe King David was from him, King Solomon. And eventually the Mashiach, Messiah, will be from the house of David. Now, Yehuda, Judah, the original uh, founder of this tribe, um, had a bit of a sordid affair. And we do not have time to go into it. But he ended up, the lineage of that eventually led to King David was with a, his union with Tamar. Tamar had been his daughter-in-law, but his married to two of his sons who both had died. Very complicated story. Tamar dresses up as a Kadesha, as a harlot, as a prostitute. Oh my gosh, it's getting steamy in the broadcast room over here. What is going on? The future leader of the Jewish people, Messiah, is going to come from this union? Yes. And Yehuda, the Midrash actually says that the angels actually picked him up against his will. But either way, however we explain the story, uh, Tamar was called at that point. She dressed up as a Kadesha, which is the same word as Kadosh. So how in the world, Rabbi, are you going to tell me that the word for a harlot is the same word as holiness? And the answer is that it's exactly what it means. Kadosh means to separate, to separate out, to distinguish from the rest. The question is, are you going to distinguish yourself to elevate or distinguish oneself to devolve into lower and lower levels. So a Kadesha means to separate oneself, separate oneself out and lower oneself from everyone else. That is a profession, a, an, an endeavor that <clears throat> separates one out, oneself out from the normal course of society. And holiness then is separating something out, making something distinguished and totally unique in an elevated way. And that is what holiness is. That's really what marriage is. I am designating this person, this other person, exclusively with no, no one else, just this person to focus all of my love, my attention, my desire, my desire to build a family, my desire to... To, to shower goodness on another person, this is when the separating out becomes an elevation for holiness, for goodness. That is really what Kiddushin is. And that is what Jewish marriage is all about. Okay, so let's take another couple examples and we're going to get to some real life examples of what's going on in a Jewish wedding. Pretty cool. So one of the famous Verses in the Torah is Kadosh, 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 Hashem, Tzivakos, Malokal, Arts, Kavadot. So those of you who don't know Hebrew, is like, whoa, what did Rabbi just say? And I don't know, don't get nervous, everything's fine. But we, in a special part of Amidah, when we repeat the silent prayer, and it's the public prayer, uh, we say this unbelievable verse from the prophets. It says, Kadosh, 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 Hashem is holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. 
You might have heard it in English. But what does that mean? It means Hashem is so removed from this world. He's separated, separated, separated. I might think that he has nothing to do with this world. No, 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 no. The whole world is filled with his glory. I mean that the Almighty is at once and simultaneously so far removed and yet blesses us with his presence. So again, we see this idea of Kadosh being an idea of separating out. Okay, and this Jewish couple, so how do we see it? So let's let's go straight to the wedding ceremony. What do we see over here? Under the chuppah. Now, I don't know. The Debbie Downers of the world. Um, what can I say? How do I say this nicely? <laughs> they always want to poke fun. They always assume that something in Judaism is against women. It's misogynistic. It's anti this, anti that. Well, I, I, I want to share with you one of the most beautiful, absolutely exquisite rituals that we do under the chuppah that unfortunately has become maligned in certain circles, but I'm doubling down. It is so darn beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And what is that? That's when the bride comes down and the the chatan, the groom, greets her. And then the bride's mother and future mother-in-law circle the groom. Not once, not twice, not three times, but seven times. As the music is going, it is it is intimately exquisite under the chuppah. I just felt that energy today. You have the, the bride, the mother, the future mother-in-law, the generations are now passing down this next link in the chain of Judaism. It's absolutely very powerful. But what's this idea? What is this idea of the woman circling the man? It is not one of subservience. It is one of, we believe that uh, in certain parts of the world, we lock our doors at night. We have physical barriers to keep out things that we don't want in, protection. And in the spiritual, emotional, and romantic world, we believe that there should be walls built, that there should be an exclusivity, a powerful, total focus on only your spouse, and so what the woman is doing, what the wife, the kala, the bride is doing as she's circling the man saying that your eyes should only be for me and that I as your wife, I am going to be the fortress against the tides of the world that tried to drag you away from this exclusive relationship. So this idea of kiddushin, of holiness, of exclusivity is actually imprinted in the actual ritual of the chuppah. Okay, so I get all excited about this stuff. I get all pumped up. All right, but here we go. So let me share with a couple of beautiful things just to give you a uh, as we say, a tam vareach, a a taste and a and a and a scent, a, a feeling of what happened this past weekend. So my son-in-law invited uh, many of his friends from different parts of his you know years in different yeshivas, and it was a, a really beautiful group of young men. And we had Shabbos meals together. Uh, my future mechutanisters, mechutanim, through just such a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos for everyone to enjoy. And um, so they're saying, and so the customer, you, the Shabbos meal, you sing, you eat, you, 
And the young men would step up, stand up, and they would say about our future son-in-law, how wonderful he is, what a great person he is, what great character he is, and 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 really not just cardstock, you know, cut out, paper cut out, um, uh, praises, but really tailor-made to who he was and his great strengths. And it was very, very special. You can imagine then, uh, <laughs> to contrast this with uh, a bachelor party, <laughs> like what's going on in a regular bachelor party. You can't even like, uh, you can't even compare it. We'll, we'll go on that theme in just a moment. So then Shabbos morning, I have to tell you, one of the most beautiful rituals I've ever seen. And by the way, this is the first time I've seen it. I, I've uh, been around the Jewish world many, many times. It's the first time I've seen it. The reason is, is because we have seven daughters and we don't have, we have one son and our one son is nine, almost 10. We, I've never experienced this, but there is a custom that the morning where the future groom, the Chatan, goes to the synagogue, that he's escorted by his friends and they sing a nigun. A nigun is a wordless song. And it was, ladies and gentlemen, about a at least a 15-minute walk. And the entire time we walked in silence, escorting this young king, this young groom to the shul where he made a blessing over the Torah and all sorts of candies were thrown on him. We'll get to each one of those, God willing. So what is this concept of escorting him? That, and we say that chatan domelamelech, that a, a groom is similar to a king. Who is the king? The king is the one who is elevated. We enshrine in this beautiful bride and groom. By the way, the bride is doma lekalash, is dome lemalka. The bride is similar, likened to the queen. They both are elevated to this royal status. Again, to show them as they're going in this transition in life, how much potential they have, how much they can impact the world. Okay? So uh, on this theme, that at another beautiful, beautiful uh, custom that we do at a Jewish wedding is that the bride, the kala, is on, before any of the ceremonies begin at the initial reception, she's on a, a an elevated chair, like a throne, and she's flanked by her mother and her future mother-in-law. And and you'll see if you watch at a at a, a Jewish wedding that people are lining up and it's this beautiful exchange that people are lining up to wish the bride well but also since the bride has is like a queen she has the power of blessing she has koach shel bracha the power of blessing that day and the bride is giving up blessings that the single girl should find their besheret and that people in need of health of a healing should get healing so if you are at uh, a traditional Jewish Orthodox wedding. Do not miss that pre-reception. Go get a blessing. Give a blessing to the bride and get a blessing and back. And I, I want to move on now to really, I think, my favorite part of the entire Jewish wedding. And and so after the, the ketubah and other documents are signed, the legalities are taken care of, the men march, the groom this king into the bride's room where she is. The father of the groom is on the right. 
the future father-in-law is on the left. That's usually where I'm going to be flanking <laughs> for all these weddings. I'll be on the left side. I get one time to be on the right, God willing. And the energy. You walk, and unless you've been there, and God willing, those of you who are listening, uh, uh, <laughs> um, out there in cyberspace, many of you who I know personally who have been invited to the wedding, we really hope you will uh, join us because it is so special. I know there are many things to go out of your box of comfort zone is difficult, but I guarantee you, go to a traditional Jewish wedding, it's life-changing. It's life-altering. It is something so special that we hope we're able to share with you. So we march in this groom into the bride, and there's an electricity. Some young brides and grooms have a custom now. It's not binding by any way in, in Jewish law not to see each other for a week. And there's an electricity, and he comes in, and he veils her, puts the veil on, which is part of his responsibility symbolically to provide for her clothing. And imagine a stadium, okay, a football stadium. The crowd is going wild. And the middle of the 50-yard line, the referees or whatever, they're having this small, intimate, quiet conversation without the microphones. That's exactly what's happening. And the groom is saying beautiful things to the bride, and then he finishes his turn. And then the father, the father of the groom comes, and he steps forward and also says beautiful words, and he welcomes the bride into... The, the, the family that she's joining. And then a very, very touching moment. The father of the bride. And this is the moment. This is where I can always get all choked up. The father of the bride. This is the moment where there's a special connection between father and daughter. And he's giving his hand, uh, her hand in marriage over to this young dude who better take good care of her. <laughs> They'll take good care of each other. And this moment is generations, generations in this one moment, so, so powerful. It's really, honestly, quite electric. And really quickly, there are two things that are done that are so shocking, that are so unbelievable, that prove that this young couple is married. Married Right after the chuppah is over in many circles, the bride and groom will hold hands. <gasps> shocking. It must be that they are married. And then they walk to a room where they go and are, it's called a cheder yichud. They're uh, there by themselves exclusively with no one else in the room. And that's so shocking. It must be that they are married. Those are two demonstrable facets, uh, demonstrations that this young couple is married, which just brings us back to the point about the tenderness and the holiness of traditional values that our world has lost something. Our, our world has lost something with a dating culture gone rampant, with no concept of the uniqueness and the specialness of an exclusivity. And God willing, wherever we are in life, if we're dating, if we're already married, this is something that we can focus on. It's not that being intimate is bad. It's for another schmooze at a different time. It's the most special thing in the world. We're not Christians, folks. We believe it's powerful and good. But it's so valuable. It's like paying for cereal with diamonds. You just wouldn't use something that special for something so mundane. Something so special like diamonds is reserved for an exclusive relationship forever and evermore. I give everyone a blessing. My daughter... 
future son-in-law, as well, of course, as the Project 16 couple that got married today. A life of health and happiness, of kedusha, of that amazing exclusivity that brings true holiness to themselves, to their families, to their world, and of course, to Hashem, to God Almighty. God bless. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week on Monday Motivations.